The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Good morning, everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota. I am here with Wendy Winkler from Fast Mary's. Um, Fast Mary's sounds like it could be something really like super mysterious or weird or skateboard company, but it's a Bloody Mary enhancer. Welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. Thank you. I uh, first ran across you. Well, gosh, I think maybe at Certix, actually. Um, And I was like, what is this very cool packaging, very cool product? Explain what a Bloody Mary Enhancer is. So Fast Mary's Bloody Mary Enhancer is a seasoning blend of Bloody Mary seasonings. So it's just a seasoning mix that you can add to a tomato base to make a Bloody Mary. So you could add it to tomato juice, V8, Clamato. Um, I can get about 8 to 10 Bloody Marys per bottle. Um a lot of people cook with it, marinade meats in it, and vegetables and stuff. So there's a lot of uses. Yeah, and it's kind of a, I don't want to say a weird product, but that it's not the, that you opted to go the route of not putting the juice into the enhancer is pretty neat. Why was that part of your equation? Um, I think it's because people that shop for Bloody Marys, it's not just for the flavor. It's for consistency. A lot of people have consistency issues. Um, when you're buying a premix. You're going to have to doctor it up anyways. A lot of people do that. Right. I've done that in the past. So this gives the consumer the freedom to add more, add less flavor, heat, anything you want. So it's really a consumer-based product where they get to kind of make their own Bloody Mary. Were you a big um, Bloody Mary drinker, or how did this come to be? I Tell was me a Bloody like Mary drinker. first ideas. Yeah, so I was a bartender when um, I was in college, and um, then people would come in for a Bloody Mary, and that would be the next 20 minutes of my life, making this Bloody Mary. Yeah. So. Because um, you would put in, like, what would oh, you normally put in all your the spices, Bloody Mary? You know, it would be seasoning salt and lemon juice, sometimes a little orange juice, lemon pepper, Worcestershire. So all these things just to shake in all yeah. these drinks. So I came up with this concoction then and just, I could simply add it to tomato juice and be done making that many Bloody Marys in, you know, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 10 to 15 minutes. Um, that's kind of where the name came from, a Fast Bloody Mary. So yeah. We just shorten it to Fast Mary's. Um, when you put together your spice concoctions, did you know like right away what you wanted to have in it? Was there a lot of tinkering or did you just have this formulation in your mind? Um, it kind of transformed over the years. I tweaked it as I, you know, got out of college, worked corporate, that kind of thing. So it took me a few years to get it to exactly where I wanted it to be. And by that point, I was kind of bootlegging it to bars and yep. golf courses and, and things like that. Did you just go and like knock on the door and say, hey, do you want to buy this? Um, a lot of the people that wanted it in their bars were like friends of mine from high school who, who now own bars. Uh-huh. And they're like, where'd you grow up? Uh, Ellsworth, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Home of the cheese curds. Oh, cheese curds. That's yes. right. So um, that was kind of how I, you know, bootlegged it around. Yeah. And then it kind of got a little following. Uh, worked at 3M for 11 years, worked at Excel for seven years, and then 
I saved up on top of money and said, let's try it. So you actually like saved up money to quit yep. your job to go into this full time. Correct. When you you have um, you mentioned that you're a chemist and I know you can call yourself the urban chemist. Yep. Um, when you did that, that had to be really scary. Like it was it was coming from a corporate background in a nine to five or an eight to four or yep. whatever. And then just having the freedom of when does my day start uh, or you know, how do I structure it? You know, and then making all this product and not really being a salesperson, like, how do I get it into place? Yeah. How do I so tell do me about that? that. Did you, I mean, you'd go it was, bar to bar. Yeah, it was um, mainly with the liquor stores is where we started. And it was cold calls. I got this new product. I'm local. Here it is. Can I come in? We'll do a sampling. And that was how I started getting into liquor stores. Were you surprised that people allowed you to come in and do that, or was I it was. harder than I didn't, you thought? I didn't think it was going to be that easy, but um, a lot of places were, I mean, they love local stuff. Uh, they wanted to give it a shot, and as it was selling, then it was reorders and things like that. So. And you have the unique advantage of that it's not alcoholic. You can Correct. use it for non-alcoholic, yeah. so too, I do so have you can re- do grocery. Yep. And- I do have restail uh, retail stores, a uh, general store of Minnetonka is one, big one over Christmas. And uh, we're onboarding now with River Value and Cub Foods locally. Did you uh, have a distributor or did you cold call and make those connections yeah. as well? Yeah, well, that's, you know, with the liquor stores, it goes both ways. So they call me because people have asked for it. Or I've called them, depending on, you know, I need stores in this location. So I'll either reach out or vice versa. Um, now for like the grocery chains... Super Value called me because one of their leadership had tried it and loved it and said, bring it in. So that was the easiest sale You're of so my life. You're so lucky. It was like a 15-minute meeting, and they're like, well, we'll take it. You'll have 80 stores. I mean, it was just incredible. But and- that's that's the way I'd like it to be. That's why I <laughs> – I mean, everyone would, right? Yeah. But, like, doing all these local events, you know, it's that one person that tries it that can really change so do you look at the local events and like you're, I know, doing the Stone Arch Festival coming mm-hmm. up and you've done some pop-up markets. Um, you did the Bloody Mary Festival that I just judged yep. recently. Do you view those as sales opportunities or marketing opportunities? Both. Um, I did Girl Fest last weekend. Last weekend, two weeks ago. Either way. Um, that was more of a brand awareness one. I knew that going into it. Now, the sales ones are really the holiday ones or the farmer's markets. People are going there to buy things. Yep. But um, same with the Bloody Mary Festival. I wasn't expecting to sell a lot. I actually did okay, though, because people, didn't, you know, if they were lived in Egan, I don't have a store in Egan. So yeah. They would buy it there. Um, but, yeah, it it's both. I do both. Did you design your packaging? Because it's kind of um, fast and sexy and street a little bit yeah i got really lucky a friend of mine's friend was a is a designer and you know she did a mood board is this i guess this is how they on pinterest yeah (laughs) so they're like here's here's what i'm come up with and i'm like oh i love all this and then started getting these iterations and i was like my god this is perfect this is exactly got the sword skewer skewer and the cool fast marys in it and the little flame that has the mild or the hot and it was just gorgeous it's really beautifully designed and the idea kind of behind it was how people shop for wine like a lot of people buy wine by the pretty bottle yes they do so i wanted it to be pretty i wanted to be in a you know it'll cost more for the glass and the pretty print on it 
and I wanted that. I want that to be attractive for someone to look at. And and your product is um. So how much is the you sell it in the one? It's a, in a glass jar. Yep. Or bottle, I guess, not a jar. Um, how much is it? Uh, that's a sixteen ounce amber bottle, and depends on the liquor store how they want to charge for it. Uh, usually retails between eight ninety nine, ten ninety nine, just depending on where you are in the. Locality. And you get about eight servings. So I would say it's kind of a premium product, too, because it's neither food nor fully stands alone. Yeah. But that's why I think the packaging works so well, because the person that's going to buy it is kind of looking for an altered experience of something that's a little more elevated than the traditional Bloody Mary. Correct. Yeah, that's that's how we designed it to be. It is, um, you know, an upper upper scale product. Um but I really wanted that consumer experience to be, you know, if you're having people over for a football game, make 10 Bloody Marys for yep. your friends. They're all going to taste the same, all this stuff, and you don't need to have all these extra spices and things. Do you produce it yourself or do you use a co-packer? Yeah, I use a co-packer. He's at a River Falls, Wisconsin. And was that a decision that you made early on or tell me about that? Yeah, it was. He was the only co-packer I found where... You didn't have to order 10,000 gallons at once. Wow, yeah. He was, you could make 30 gallons to see if your concept worked or was marketable. Um, they've been great. They're two um, ex-chefs out of, um, that started this co-packing company. They each have their own product lines that they make of their own. But uh-huh. the co-packing is just extra revenue for them. So they're wonderful to work with. They know a lot about food, FDA, all the things that I didn't really know about. They took care of that for me. Yep. Which was like, I I just stumbled on them. It was luck. So um, just like this, I'm going to start asking you the weird questions, okay? Yep. So your day-to-day, like you've quit your job, stressful, okay, you've got your savings, but and in the beginning, you stumble along this co-packer who helps you with some of the FDA pieces and the permitting and the licensing, but, like, if you were to tell me about your day, what do you spend your day doing? Like, how much time do you spend on sales? How much time do you spend on marketing? And we haven't even gotten to social media yet. Do yeah. you do that yourself? Yeah. yeah, I do all of it myself right now. So it's a combination of a lot of things, and the, and the weeks differ. So, like, this week is I have two shows this weekend. I'm doing a charity um, event on Saturday, and then I have an event at Hagen & Oates You do a Sunday. lot of shows, right? Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of prep for that, so just figuring out what I need for each of those. Do I have tomato juice? Do I have all the things that I'll need for sampling and yep. things like that? So a lot of prep. But now, like last week, was a lot of deliveries, and they were all in Wisconsin deliveries. So that takes up a majority of the day. Just so going you're out actually making those deliveries yep. yourself, okay? Um, other days, if it's raining out, I'll do my accounting books, which I'll always put off to the last minute. Yep. Do you just, use QuickBooks? Um, I actually use Excel right now. I can right now. I just don't want that extra expense. But yep. um, yeah, I always put it off because it's. Yeah. <laughs> I try to do every month at least to keep up monthly. But uh, yeah, it's usually the last thing I want to do. Yeah. And then the sales calls. So those are ones where someone will come to a show and they live in Burnsville and there's no stores down there. And then I'll look at what liquor stores are in their area and then start calling and emailing them and see if I can set up a meeting. So it is. A lot of different things on every different day. I want to just, I love the way that you talk about sales and that you are literally calling and selling people um, your product. So 
do you like set aside like nobody likes cold calling so are oh, you like it's the worst <laughs> i'll have stuff on my calendar i'll have a, I have a whiteboard up that has here are the things i want to do this week and the last ones that i'm always erasing are the ones where i'm cold calling. yeah <laughs> because it's no one likes that no one likes to get them no one likes to do them so that that is the part and i'm not a good salesperson just I, I don't think I am. It's easier for me to have them try it and be wowed by it. Yes. And then that sale is done. But to get them to that point, that's that's the cold call, right? So that is the... Uh, do you... So if it's on your calendar for that week, do you make sure you do it or do you drag it into the next week? Yeah, Cause... sometimes I, I have two from last week I did not do. So I did drag it into this week. But uh, I try to get everything off, off the week. A lot of um, product makers and creative types, which I would say entrepreneurs... They don't like the sales part, and that's why I'm pressing on that because I think you might be a better salesperson than you think. You know what the idea is to get it into the hands of the store that you have to get them to try it. Yeah. To get them to try it, you have to create that relationship. Yeah, and the story's good. Like that's you know the story of how I came up with it. Like that's what I'm starting to get used to, and that's really the big the big part of the sale is how I came up with it. So I have to keep reminding myself like people like to hear that story yes. when, when you're pitching. It's all about the story. Yep. And don't you think, too, like there's been a lot of research that millennials in general, like so that's people in their 20s, that they really love the story of makers and they will spend more for that story. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I hear that a lot at events. Everyone wants to hear how I came up with it and all that thing. So um, and just the local people are buying lo more local now. Um, so it's I've been lucky that I got in, I think, when I have because it's kind of a movement. Now that's that's starting. It's vegan. It's gluten free. It's it's all these things that people really like. And a lot of the um, Bloody Mary mixers and stuff don't aren't they full of like MSG and some of them are. Um, there's MSG. There's a lot of preservatives in them because you got that tomato juice in there, and there sure. there is a life, uh, a shelf life on that. Um, some use clam juice, but people have you know deep seafood allergies and things like that. So I try to keep it as clean as possible. Um, we're doing one more iteration where I'm going to remove a preservative from a Worcestershire I'm using. And then it'll be pretty clean of all the preservatives yep. I can. I have a really low pH. Um, this is a little sciencey, but low pH, so it's very shelf-stable, three-year shelf life on it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so there's a lot of chemistry that we actually built into it. So we don't need to have all those preservatives and things like that. I noticed, too, you do a little bit of merchandising. I mean, the story is kind of sexy. The T-shirts can be cute. Yeah. Um, do you think about what could be next products for you? Or is your, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like, it's always about the next thing and the new thing. Um, or will you just stay in this lane? Um, for now, we're kind of staying right where we're at. I have a couple new uh, flavors of Fast Marys I'm working on. But there's certainly room to... I mean, I could, I just made this killer cocktail sauce for my shrimp the other night just with tomato paste and fast marys. Yeah. You know, now is that a product line? Maybe. So right now that's kind of the focus. I haven't really looked at going outside of that yet besides just iterations using fast marys. Yep. Um, are you a Bloody Mary connoisseur yourself? I, I do like Bloody Marys, yeah. Um, are there places in town here that you think, wow, they really knock it out of the park, and if I could make something, I'd want it to taste like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bright Lake Bowl is probably my favorite Bloody Mary. What do you like about it? Um, it just has the taste that I, I, I'm looking for. I need the saltiness. Um, you can taste the seasonings in it. Um, 
it's not too heavy. It's uh-huh. not too thin. It's just it's the right just perfect for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, any others? That's the one that really sticks out. I've ha- I mean, more than not, I've had bad ones, and especially you, at brunches and, and yeah. things like that. Um, do you take a snit with your Bloody Mary or? I do. And yeah. do you where did do you know where the history of the snit came <laughs> from or what that is? It's such a Wisconsin thing. It too. is. There was just an article in the city pages that kind of went back in history to explain it, but I think it went something like during Prohibition they didn't have the vodka, so they made Bloody Marys with beer. Okay. And then when that was lifted, then they just kinda had the beer back with it. Sure. But that's only a Midwestern thing. Like if you went out to California, yeah, they have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And when about. you ask for a snit or a back, they're just looking at you yeah, like, like you're crazy pants. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite like vodka or do you like, do you ever make Bloody Marys with gin? Um, I haven't. I know people that do use gin and tequila for their Bloody Marys. Yep. I, I like vodka. I'm a kettle one drinker, but also uh, her spirit. I, I do like their vodka. Yeah. Spirit. And that's a local yep. vodka. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. Talk about um, social media because your product seems like it would lend itself to that. Yes. So social media is a whole, <laughs> it feels like a whole nother job. It really um, does, doesn't it? Because you, you kind of have to plan out your week and then there's the social media holidays and regular holidays and things that you want to, you know, kind of jump on the coattails of to have a sale on your online sales. Yeah. And or be something in the like moment. That. Do you do Pinterest too? I don't do Pinterest. I don't know much about that. I try to stick with Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are really the avenues I what use What do you think right is now. the best medium for you? Uh, Instagram, I think, is probably the best. And, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked at your feed, but I'm imagining you can't post a Bloody Mary every day. So what kind of lifestyle elements are you trying to bring into right. that Instagram feed? Um, a lot of it is I, we did just do a photo shoot, so I do have a lot of product yeah, photo, they're photo pictures. And... Um, so I'll use those to tell people we're having a tasting at South Lindale Liquor on yep. Friday night or something like that. Um, we do a lot of the... Do you think people come because of an Instagram post? Um, hard to say. I, I know the liquor stores like it because you're yep. kind of promoting people coming in. Um, but no one's really come up to me and said, oh, I saw this on Instagram. On Instagram. That's why yeah, I'm here. That's, I guess, why I'm asking. Yeah. It um, seems like Twitter is pretty in the moment for tastings. Yeah. I do. People do it for Facebook too. Instagram, I think people kind of stick more to the imaging and imagery, not so much like we're here right now. But I think it's interesting that you yeah. use it for that. Yeah, the definite the product shots that we've done. I've done two photo shoots um, for Fast Marys, and those, I mean, always get good responses when I'm posting them. They're yeah. just beautiful pictures. So it's definitely worth putting some money into doing things like that, especially. You know, I have a little pretty bottle and all the things you can do around do you, that. Yeah. Do you ever do videos? Um, We just started doing, we did a few, I'm not going to be good at naming what these are. They're just kind of little short videos of, um, we did some for some holiday things that'll be coming up where it's just short videos like pouring a beer in a glass yeah. and, and things like that. Yep. So we'll see how those play out. Um, It's fun. I'm glad people know how to do that. I, I'm, I'm not too good at that yet. yeah i'm yeah. not really either yeah. so i mean there's the boomerang and all that stuff i'm yes i'm, I'm just still learning figured out the boomerang <laughs> it's a separate it so app bad. i didn't I know. know that <laughs> and, it, and they do have it in instagram but you use it like in your story so yeah they don't have it where you can just pitch put it with a post yeah static post i guess because they're not videos duh but anyway yeah it's 
There's so many moving parts yeah. and apps and things that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. So yeah, at some point it would be nice just to have someone that does that part for me. Cause yeah. it, it's, you've really got to think about what you're going to put out there and what you actually want to get out of that. I, you know what else is weird? And I've never really articulated this before, but it's every day. It's all day. So like as an entrepreneur, small business person, it's not like you can take the day off of Facebook or Instagram no. Because you have to be responsive, so yep. it can feel kind of oppressive sometimes, too. Definitely. Because now there's that rating system on, like, your How Facebook response you and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, you, I'm constantly looking at my feed and making sure that if there was a message that I responded to it yep. and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a 24-7 kind of thing you got to monitor. And especially if people have questions about your product or want to know... You know, oh, I have a liquor store. You should talk to yep. ask for so and so. I mean, I those think are the it's, ones. you're the first the first person that's actually said out loud. People will ask their liquor store to carry this or ask their grocer. And what I want the listeners to know is that really does make a difference for people. Absolutely. Um, their customer feedback really can get a product in a store if it's something you're yep. crazy about. And that's when the liquor stores call me. That's what they say. People have asked for this. Let's try it. Come in. Give us two tickets. Cases, one hot, one mild, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, so it does make a difference. All right. I love that. Um, are there other products locally that you're crazy about or you just think like, wow, that person is really a great maker and people should know more about them? Oh, there's so many. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I have learned since I've been full-time doing this is just how many tremendous makers there are. Like, uh, I'm part of Midwest Pantry, so I know yeah. all the food. I mean, it's just incredible incredible how many yeah and i think um midwest pantry has done a really good job of cultivating a group of vendors and agreed um, would you when you started down this road like right when you quit your job did you join midwest pantry or did you join later um i joined them i think right when i left and just to have a community of people that were equally as scared to put everything on the line for something you weren't sure what the future looked like it's nice to have that kind of those people around yeah, you absolutely. because it's terrifying and there's not one person that would tell you it's not it's it's scary some days are better than others and i mean that's just the road of owning your own business I are think. you glad you did it 100 percent. really yeah, i like really wish i would have no um i wish i would have done it earlier in my life but at the same time i don't know that i was confident enough in it to do it yeah so i think the stars lined up when it was supposed to happen. All right. Well, congratulations. It's Thank a you. great product. I look forward to hearing more about you. It's Fast Mary's, and you can find it at fastmary's.com. And also, you are at a ton of markets, so I'm sure. Do you put events on your website, too? I do. All of our events are listed in the events tab of fastmary's.com. All right. Thanks. Thank you.